Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Welcome to Summer of Scripture on the Naked Marriage Podcast. For 66 days in a row, we are releasing a daily devotional episode for your marriage. And over these 66 days, we're going to pull out one scripture from each of the 66 books of the Bible and talk about how it applies to your marriage. So if you listen to every single one of these episodes, you're going to have a comprehensive understanding of God's plan for your marriage. We encourage you to listen to everyone. Let's dive into today's scripture. Hey there, you guys, we are officially at the halfway point of Summer of Scripture. We're on day 33 in the book of Micah. We're so excited. And you guys, this book um, has a special meaning to us, and we're going to share our family verse. And it's actually the verse that we had engraved on a piece of stone at the EXO Marriage Building, the EXO headquarters here in South Lake, Texas, the marriage capital of the world, because we love this verse that much. And so we're going to share it with you. It's Micah 6, 8. It says, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And the reason we like this verse as a family, and you guys have probably heard this verse before, a lot of people yeah. really cling, you know, cling to this verse, is it's so simple. I mean, it's really so simple. It's saying, you know, there's three things that really God asks of you to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And I, I just think it is so simple, but it's also so profound. Don't you think so, sweetie? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those three simple things. I mean, I do think we tend to overcomplicate life. Mm -hmm. And so I I love things that, that just point back to the simplicity of God's plan. And in this complicated world, if we'll do those three things, you know, act justly, Love mercy, walk humbly with God. What does that look like yeah. in marriage? Well, to, to act justly is to do the do the right thing. Yeah. Um, the love mercy. We've talked a lot about mercy in this, and that's we have. that's to extend a lot of grace. Is what God does for us. Be merciful with your spouse, and then walk humbly. And and humility is that posture of the heart that says, you know, I I don't have it all figured out. You know, right. I want to I want to keep learning. I want to be you know open to correction. Um, I don't want to overstep. And I think that when we take that attitude on in, in marriage, humility is the opposite of pride and pride is the killer of, of marriage. I mean, I think every divorce is really, it, it, in a root way, it's down to pride. Pride's that voice that says, I don't have to listen to anybody. I can do things my way. And it just sabotages marriages. But when we stay humble, mm-hmm. it really puts us in the right posture. You know, I think one of the greatest demonstrations of humility and just especially when it comes to marriage and family relationships. And I want to include the family in on this because, I mean, it is our our, our family verse, but 
I feel like so many can relate to this where in families sometimes and in marriages sometimes, the longer that we're together, we sometimes forego saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't know. I know so many families who live in this dynamic, but you guys, that's so unhealthy and it's really not Christ-like. But I think we need to be very quick to apologize and quick to offer forgiveness. You know, this doesn't mean you're letting somebody off the hook. You know, we've we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we haven't this summer. So let's explain the difference between forgiveness and also um, like rebuilding trust. You want to explain? Right. Yeah. We do such a good job about that. Well, forgiveness and trust are two different things. And I think sometimes when we say I can't forgive someone, really what we're saying is I don't trust them yet. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it, get that under control, and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. Um, but the way that we get to trust is we start with forgiveness. We give forgiveness instantly because God gives us forgiveness instantly. Forgiveness can't be earned. It can only be given. So if you're waiting for your spouse to earn your forgiveness, that, then you're both in a dead end. It, it won't happen. You have to give the forgiveness instantly, which is saying, it, forgiveness is not saying what you did does, didn't matter, what you did didn't hurt, um, what you did has no consequences. What you do, you're saying, out of love, I'm giving you the opportunity mm -hmm. to rebuild my trust and I'm giving up my right to hold this offense over your head. I'm giving up that right because, so that we can move forward in grace. Um, Jesus did that for us. We need to do that for each other. Now, once you've extended that forgiveness, what you have to do is you've got to fight the temptation to keep reminding them of their offense mm -hmm. because forgiveness means, again, you're not going to keep beating them over the head with it and giving them the opportunity to rebuild their trust. Trust is rebuilt through consistency. It's the only way to build trust, consistency over time. Jimmy Evans has said, trust is built in drops and it's lost in buckets. We build it one drop at a time through consistent action. We can pour it out a whole bunch at once by you know one breach of trust. But you forgive, that gives them the chance to, to start making things right. And you encourage them on that journey instead of constantly beating them up for how they're doing it. You encourage them on that journey little by little. Um, as your heart stays tender, they'll um, hopefully stay on the right track and, and the yeah. trust will be rebuilt. It's so good. And, and I think that when we all as as family members operate with that that kind of humility and willingness to to say you're sorry and also a willingness to forgive one another, there's so much more peace in the home. You know, I actually heard a podcast episode recently. Um, it's the Candace 
Cameron Buer podcast, where also another friend of ours, Heather McFadden, who does the um, Don't Mom Alone podcast, they were talking about humility and how it is defined in the Bible. You were listening to this with me. Yeah, remember? it was okay. really profound. Such I, a great, profound episode. Yeah. And our, one thing that struck me about this conversation was they were talking about how when you look back, remember, like we've mentioned this before, but a lot of times, you know, the, the Old Testament is in Hebrew, the New Testament is in Greek. And when people went to go translate it, they would try to really capture the meaning of the words, but there's not always just one English word that can really capture the Hebrew, like the full meaning of the Hebrew word. Okay. Right. And so they were saying when it comes to the Hebrew word for humility, which I can't remember what that, what it was, you know, is pronounced in Hebrew. But I do remember they said they found that it was kind of a two-part meaning. There was, you know, the first part would be, you know, what we generally think of humility, where it's kind of a laying down and um, a surrendering, you know, having, not being a, a boaster, like not not being sure. boastful, not being prideful, that kind of thing. And and that's the one we, I think we, we get it. We're like, you're walking humbly with God. Like you're, you know, that it's God who gave you everything and you're not... Um, you know, you're not trying to control their lives. You're like, you're a humble person. You give the glory to God. And we get that. But they said there's this second part that really surprised them when it came to what the full meaning of humility is when it comes to how the Bible defines it. And it says the second part of humility is really a walking into what God has created you to yeah. be. Occupying, occupying the space, the space. Yeah. right, and not overstepping those boundaries, but to yes. occupy in an active sense that space, which to, is to just fully live it out to to say, okay, I'm I don't want to overstep these boundaries, but mm-hmm. within these boundaries, God wanna, gave me these boundaries. I want to occupy it with confidence, with mm-hmm. strength, um, and to know that He gave it to me, right, and that I need to live fully here. And I'm not being prideful in living that out because, you know, God gave us all gifts and talents and callings on our life. And, and I think that sometimes we misunderstand humility to like hanging our head, like not being proud of who God made us to be in the, in the good kind of, you know, I know we use the word pride negatively a lot, but not having any confidence to, to just beat ourselves up, walk in shame. And that's That's not not it. No, that's not it at all. Jesus was humble and yet he was the most powerful, confident person who ever lived. He was God in the flesh. Yes. But that, that. Humility was a posture that that he took and where he stepped into, he occupied that space. Right. He did it with, without boasting, right. even though he had every reason in the world to boast. Well, he gave God the glory, yeah. you know, I mean, even though he himself is part of the Trinity, you know, but it's like God, the father getting the ultimate glory. And so I just thought that was really, it really shifted my perspective on humility. And I'm hoping that maybe it gives you some new thoughts today. So as you guys kind of talk about today's episode, really, really talk about this verse and how you feel kind of your family is living this out. You know, how are you and your spouse living this out and, and how are, are you, when it comes to your kids, do you guys walk humbly, you know, with God? as a family, how could you do this better? Are you also occupying that space and walking with confidence in who God made you to be? And how can you help each other do that better? And how can you help your kids do that better? And, um, you know, are you living righteous lives? Is there any area of your life that isn't glorifying God and be willing to speak into each other, but first look at yourself, like first ask God to reveal that to you, but then really share with your spouse what you're learning and have a good open conversation about it. So good. And do come to our XO Marriage headquarters in South yes. Texas, and you can walk the walk that has all the names engraved in stone. You can see our family stone That's right. that Ashley mentioned that has this verse engraved in it as well. And what a beautiful facility. Thank you for your prayers and for those who gave financially to make this this headquarters happen. And hopefully it's going to help bless marriages and families for generations to come. And we'd love to host you here. You can come watch a live recording. Uh, it really is yeah. a special place. God bless, guys. We will see you tomorrow for day 34 in the book of Nahum.